Welcome back to the Dealmakers Podcast Show with serial entrepreneur Alejandro Cremades, best-selling author of The Art of Startup Fundraising and co-founder at Panthera Advisors. In this podcast, we ask our guests about their successful acquisitions and financing rounds. This episode is brought to you by Gilt. So when it comes to building wealth, taxes are such a big part of the strategy. And even if you're already filed, being proactive about this year to lower your future liability is so important. Gelt actually provides a proactive approach to tax strategy, combining innovative technology and expert CPAs by creating personalized tax strategies for your unique financial needs of multiple revenue streams, M&As, restricted stocks, various investments and more. You can keep your hard-earned money. Our, their proprietary platform ultimately gives you the full transparency of your tax management and direct communication with your CPA to reach your financial goals and grow for your wealth faster. So again, you know, if you're interested in this, go to joingelt.com. Uh, and they are actually on the show notes that I'm going to be posting a very special offer for you all that you can actually enjoy. So again, you know, join Gelt. All righty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dealmaker Show. So super excited here with the guests that we have today. You know, we're going to be talking about building, scaling, financing, and all of the above. You know, I think that we're going to be learning about macro trends, valuation, what's going on, uh, how to get your company acquired, too. I mean, they're like acquiring companies left and right. And, uh, and again, you know, super inspiring the journey of this founder, you know, going from operator, you know, from scaling a startup now to actually, you know, scaling his own, you know, and again, you know, like really working with uh, acquisitions in the e-commerce space. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest today, Nick Tusenko. Welcome to the show. Yeah, hi, Andrew. Hi, everyone. Happy to be here. Happy to share my thoughts about valuations, about M&A and like any experience that I can, can be helpful to, to our listeners. So, so let's do a little of a walk through memory lane. So, born in the Ukraine. So, uh, how was life growing up? Yeah, it was really good. I'm like, it was uh, nice. Um, I know, like, whether I'm like definitely, I guess, like right now, everyone heard about Ukraine. Did you know that uh, due to war and to this, uh, despite very bad situation? But uh, yeah, Ukraine, like 30 years ago, like was really nice place and this nice place. And um, it uh, gave me a lot, like to to try to like like gave me a lot to right now like build my entrepreneurial career and be entrepreneur. So so tell us, you know, how do you get into uh, into math? Because obviously, you know, you've developed this love for math, you know, quite early on. So how did that come about? Yeah, there's a story. Like I I have a twin brother, and we were really into football and play a lot, watch a lot, and wanted to be like professional footballer, but we had like some, not major, but like some health pro issues. And so we can like pursue a professional career. That's why we just like turn all our energy into math and physics. And it really worked out for us really great. Uh, we won like the international competitions in Mexico, in uh, Paris, in Croatia. I have several like silver medals in physics and math, and then yeah, then like uh, went to university and like uh, proceed with our uh, science learnings and our academia background. 
So in this case, you know, like for you, I mean, you uh, you ended up moving to to Russia, to Moscow, um, and uh, you know, I guess uh, there you did your studies, and then you know after the studies, you know, basically what happened there, I mean, obviously. No, other than physics, you know, obviously you had that love for math, so uh, it had to be physics, so uh, or or something around it. But in your case, you know, like you thought that the consulting, you know, side of things, you know, like would be um a good approach for tackling your professional career. So tell us about this. You know, like how was the experience at the Boston Consulting Group, and uh, how did you learn, or what did you learn about? problem solving and more importantly, maybe like grabbing like big problems, breaking them down into smaller problems and then tackling them, you know, when it comes to execution. Yeah. So for me, it was like a very natural way, usually for people with uh, academia background, like one one of the like uh, very common way, like to learn about the business and to, to, to become the part of the business is going through consulting. And yes, that's why I joined like Boston Consulting Group. And yeah, like like it was really great experience. Uh, definitely, there is like uh, you're you're not like becoming industry expert in like uh, banking or in like retail or in oil, oil and gas. But you definitely learn a lot of things like about like business strategy, about org structures, about like capital flows and how it works. And having that, like, um, I would say, like, the biggest, biggest learning of consulting is always was and saves me, like, is that common sense matters. You, you can, like, be, like, 20-year industry expert, but if you lose your common sense, it will, like, be a, a very bad idea. While, like, being with common sense, especially also, like, in the entrepreneurial uh, journey, like, having common sense, trying to understand the nature of the things or as a, a lot of like uh, people nowadays like saying like going to the first principles is really matters and really helps um, in competitive and dynamic environments. So this like I would say like the, the biggest lesson and not just like seeing that but really like being practical about that and really uh, learning how it could help even like big corporations or new big ambition projects um, to execute to deliver them. Uh, yeah, like like. It, it it really it, it was really like a big lesson and like really helping me today. And you were there for a few years, so yep. uh, you know what would you say that uh, pushed you or triggered you to make the decision to uh, all of a sudden say, hey, you know what, I I'm done with corporate. I want to do more on the more go more go and tackle the startup. You know, the startupy you know kind of life. Yeah, it was always there. I would say because like the ambitious was always there, and startup is always about like you know like you fail or you going really big and that's why yeah like, like it, it was just rather i would say like the school of business for me consulting and then like you really i really would like to join something very dynamic very at the beginning where you can really be hands-on like you can really feel uh, the atmosphere of building something from the scratch and that's why like i joined bus for and uh, even though like i joined as a managing director uh, but still, like uh, because like it's startup, it's a new thing, and and you're really like building that from 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 the scratch. You feel like how 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 it works, and uh, really how the value is creating. So then, so then, tell us about how did uh, boost for you know the opportunity come knocking, and you know what was that thought process? You know, all the way for you to say, you know what, it's time to give my notice and to and to move on and and tackle this next chapter. Yeah, you know, it was really pretty the way that I wanted to go to startup uh, industry. And I had like several friends who were already like uh, 
in uh, funds, in venture funds. And they just sharing different stories about different entrepreneurs and about like different spaces. And one of the stories that uh, my friend shared with me was like Buscore story. And I just like uh, love to explore it more. So I met like founder and we talked and understand that, yeah, like we would be a great team and it's better like, to proceed together. So that's why I joined Buscore. So then Buscore. So what, what were you guys doing, you know, at Buscore? What was the deal there? Yeah, so we were like, like I would say, like booking for um, like bus tickets. So there was like two, two different things. From one perspective, there is like B two C part of the business. So you need to build like great interfaces, whether it's apps or websites for the clients to be able to book the bus trip, the like where 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 he or she needs to go. And but but the biggest problem here, it's not about like building interfaces for clients but just like get all the inventory into your system. So for example, with, uh, let's say talking about like hotels, you have like a lot of like different APIs on the market. So you can just like put them to three APIs and you have all, all, all the uh, bookings. Or for example, with A tickets, you have Subra or um, like other big, uh, let's say GDS they call, global distribution systems. So you can like, Take the, the APIs, integrate them. It's like one or two APIs, and you have all the like AI tickets that you, that you can like sell. With bus tickets, it isn't the case. So there is like thousands of different bus carriers, and there is no one like API where you can like really just integrate that and have like great website or app. So you need to like to contract all the partners. You need to negotiate with all the partners. You need to integrate them or to give them system. So we were on only like B two C system, but we also were like b2b provider of software for bus tickets for bus for bus stations and for bus areas and integrating like around like we have like around like eight thousand bus carriers in our system and like that that was made us like unique and in the way that uh, it, this business was really interesting because it wasn't only about like uh, going to the client it also was like to bring that value and bring digital to bus stations and bus carriers, and there was like thousands of them. How many How many people were in the company when you joined them? When I joined, it was like around 80, 80. Okay, and, and then when, then, and then, go ahead. Yeah, and then like we went to 250. That's amazing. Uh, the company did raise uh, quite a bit of money. I think it raised over 30 million yeah. from investors, and then eventually got acquired by Blah Blah Car. So how did that acquisition come about? Yeah, so it was like very natural. Bobocar is like a French unicorn. Uh, they were doing like mainly carpooling. So when you are traveling from point A to point B with your car and you have like three seats, you can just like publish that on that platform. And someone who is also going from point A to point B can join you. And you can split the uh, like uh, fuel cost and all that things. And they had like a, it had like a very big audience in the Eastern Europe where Buscor was operating. And there was like a huge, um, really great like uh, uh, synergy between like our B2B solutions and the audience of Bobocar. And Bobocar like could become and eventually uh, became like um, the one shop uh, destination where you can like book uh, all the uh, road trips so whether it's like carpooling well, what guys already have or whether it's bus trip bus trips so like you can like have all of them like in one place for their audience 
that's why like um, there was a lot of synergies and this deal like like was like rather strategic than just like uh, pure financial. And also like it was great that we already had like uh, two investors that were investors in us and investors is Bobo Car. We also like make the like negotiations and other things like also strategically aligned. Yeah? So there was like um, also on um, equity side some interest to to, to proceed together. And in that sense, you know, it was a, you know, quite a, quite a good uh, outcome. You know, obviously uh, the, the, it was, it was, it was, it was leaked, you know, or I, I guess, you know, it's easy to, uh, to kind of like calculate, you know, like what kind of transaction that was, but it was in the neighborhood of a hundred million. Uh, but, you know, essentially right after this, um, you decide that it's time for you to start your own business. I mean, why, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you had a good time, you know, on bus four, you came from BCG. I mean, what made you think that it was now the time, you know, to start your own thing? Yeah, I would just say the entrepreneurial spirit of bus four years. I'm like, it was all about like entrepreneurial journey, I would say. So yeah, I just like said, okay, like it's, it's time to, to, to go there and to build myself something great. And that's, that's what I, I I've done. Yeah. So like I, met like my current partner business partner and we joined our forces it was like uh, late so 2020 started 2021 and we started our current story excel club so then so then in this case you know like tell us about axel club i mean how did the idea of axel club uh, come to mind you know there in 2021 and why i mean how did you guys go about bringing it to life in february yeah, so um, I would say that there was like several different perspectives. First of all, like uh, we did have like um, some success in the region in Eastern Europe, and we just wanted to go international and and building really global business. Uh, that's why like um, it was really easy like think about e-commerce because it's really global business. And uh, also, what's really was important for us like to pick the space. Where we do believe that we can like uh, build something huge, something big, and it's also like was like one of the criteria. But overall, like we love like e-commerce. We do see that the people like uh, more and more like penetration happening in e-commerce, and it was like uh, COVID time, and even more like talent and 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 really like capital coming to e-commerce. So we saw that okay, it's, it's a great great idea. In terms of like how how we explore the idea. Um, there was like also like I was like two different things. The first one was like Thracia. They were really like hot at that time. So they started like 2018, and I guess like in the middle of 2020, they made their first like big round of like 150 million uh, of equity. And it just was obvious, and it was like other teams just starting like talking about this idea. And if you think about the space about Amazon, Amazon itself is around like 600 billion dollar in turnover so it's easy to understand that there could be like the space for easily for 20, 20 or 30 different winners so even if you're like two billion dollar in revenue you're like less than what like uh less than like one percent of the amazon itself so it's easy to imagine that there could be like dozens of winners and also like what's really important is like we do believe that we are great operators. We do believe that we know how to build very sophisticated business models. And we do see that it's not only about like this business model, not only about like buying 
uh, brands, buying companies, but it's also about like how to uh, then like operate them, how to make the operations uh, viable and like profitable. And this is where we do believe that we have some edge uh, with our like previous experience, with our skill set, and with our like um, reach to great talent in Eastern Europe. We said, yeah, it's like really global market. It's right now between Asia and Western Europe and US. And we do have here some edge and we would like to bring our efforts, energy to the space and, and, and build Excel Cloud. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by .tech Domain. So, I mean, obviously, if you're a startup or an entrepreneur, you got to be super careful on how you go about your presence and how you get the catchy domain. And that's why I recommend .tech Domains as the go-to place to really get your own domain. Uh, a good example here is Aurora.tech, which is an innovative brand that has the .tech Domain associated to it. Aurora.tech actually works at the intersection of rigorous engineering to address one of the most challenging issues of our generation, which is transforming the way that people and goods move. It is set to launch Horizon, which is Aurora's first autonomous service that's designed to bring safety, value, and efficiency to carriers and fleet owners. I've actually arranged an amazing deal for all of you, and that is you can get your one-year domain for $10 or a five-year domain for $50. Just go to go.tech forward slash dealmakers. And that's again, go.tech forward slash dealmakers to get your own. So then I guess for the people that are listening, you know, to, to really, you know, get it, you know, what is the business model of Axel Club? How do you guys make money? Yeah, so there's like a dozen of thousands of different entrepreneurs they that started business on Amazon like five, six, three, ten years ago, and they built some brands that can make from uh, let's say half a million, million to twenty, thirty million dollars of revenue per year. So we come in and say, okay, like you made a great job. Let us like further develop the brand. So we are fully acquiring the brand. And then, like expanding the brand through different growth initiatives, starting from bringing the brand to other geos where Amazon is, or bringing to other channels like Walmart or Target, or launching new products within the brand because there are sort of different ideas. But like current current entrepreneur, like the entrepreneurs who started the brand, they didn't have either access to working capital or just energy or they don't have like skill set to build a team that can like run even bigger portfolio of SKUs. Um, and also like working with like branding, working with pricing, with promos, with performance marketing of the brand. Also like uh, working with the suppliers and, and vendors to make sure that the supply chain is optimized. So I would say like, like we're taking the brand and going through operational excellence and going through different growth levers and like growing the brand like 2x, 3x, 4x. And this is like actually what we're doing. Uh, usually, like, there is a lot of questions about like, are we then going to sell the brand? So, no, like, we are here to build a portfolio of brands. We sometimes call ourselves the digital native Procter and Gamble, even though definitely this business model is like far away from. Procter Gamble because like we don't own manufacturing, uh, we rather like own the brand, rather like Nike or like like iPhone. They also like 
making their iPhones like themselves, but this book was like with um, outsourced uh, manufacturing. So in our case, also we are much more about like marketing and understanding the needs of the customers than like like building a, a great uh, manufacturing. But yeah, but the idea is like to build the uh, portfolio of great uh, packaged uh, consumer brands uh, and distribute them globally. So I guess, uh, you know, when you guys are looking then, you know, at uh, at deals, you know, at some of those companies that you're looking at, uh, at really onboarding, I mean, what do those exciting companies look like? I mean, wh what is like the perfect, you know, fit for what you guys are looking for? Yeah, I would say like there's like different, I'm like, we are really looking at very like, like dozens or even hundreds of different uh, criteria. But like to summarize that, I would say like three things. The first one is like financials. We're looking like the, the because like we're looking at the brands that from five to 10, like our sweet spot is like the brands that have like from five to $10 million uh, revenue a year. Why is this? Because we're trying to make sure that the brand already have some track, some traction, while there is like X10, X100 of growth potential ahead. So this is the first one. The second one, we're definitely looking at and trying to understand like whether there there is like a great customer feedback. So the number and the quality of reviews and ratings on different like marketplace like Amazon, Walmart really matters. So in this way, we are trying to make sure that we are buying some brands uh, that have portfolio of products that customers really, really, really love and love the experience of using these products. And the third one is like to understand whether there is a lot of different growth levers, whether there is like the product uh, there is like demand for the products in different geos in different channels so we do know what to do next to at least like grow the brands x2 x3 or extend in some cases so then so then with that with that being said you know when it comes to for example like assessing the brand and thinking about valuation i mean how do you guys go about that yeah so i even like like usually call this like very simply because like it's Always like you definitely can look at very dozens for here, but then you're just trying to like say, okay, like what matters? And for us, it's like size, margin, and growth. So, in terms of like size, definitely the bigger brand is, the higher multiple is. It's really easy to understand because definitely it means that the, the business itself like can generate more cash flow and, and could be more sustainable. In terms of like uh, margin, uh, because we are operating and commerce itself sometimes like doesn't doesn't have like a lot of retention. So for example, like we are selling with like sports products or like pet products, and it's not like for example, let's say food. Yeah, it's rather like something that you need like once every two year or once a five years. Yeah? So you need to make sure that you can earn. From the first order, so we're looking at the margins. We're not like looking at the let's say like LTV or CAC. Rather, think about this business as the business where you need to prove that you are bringing that much value that you can price that from the first order. So we're also like looking at the margins. 
And the third one is definitely growth. So the more potential we see, the higher multiple will be because effectively you can pay like, let's say not like 3x, you can pay like 6x. If you believe that this business can grow like three times for the next like year, you definitely effectively paying like 2x, like multiple, like next 12 months. So for us, it really matters not like what happened, even though like it definitely matters, but also when you're trying to think about multiple, you're trying to think about, okay, what will happen with the brand, whether it's like margin expansion, whether it's like top line expansion, whether it's like channel geos and product lines expansion. If it's there, definitely you can pay and you can price more because effectively in one year or in two years, the brand is doing well, you know, you, you pay for really low multiple. So, yeah, and then like, like definitely we're looking at the market, marketplace, what's happening there, definitely like interest rates and increasing interest rates by fat change a lot and like growth really value less than the profitability of the brand. But let's say this way, like when we started, like the multiple, the average multiple in the marketplace was around like, let's say 2.5, 2.8, maybe 3x. Then when us and there's around like 110 other teams that are doing the same business model came to the space, the multiple really like uh, went hot and the multiples were around like 4, 4.5, even like 5 or 6x. And right now, because like interest rates increased and there is like really cooling off on the market, we see multiples in the range from 2.5 to 3x. So like it's also normalized. But I said like definitely each certain, each deal, like we're trying to look at that like from their like details, details perspective and understand like you, even though like the current, let's say market, market multiple is like around like 2.5 but if there is like enough things to price in we will definitely do that and definitely if there is like something to like which is not deal breaker but which like deteriorate or impair the, the, the value definitely we will try to discontinue that Understand? Okay, like there is, should be some discount for like uh, let's say for, for complexity yeah definitely if there is a brand that have like two SKUs and it's like 10 million in sales it's much easier to operate, it's much easier to expand comparing to the brands that have like 600 SKUs. So that complexity will be like rather this, this, this discount, like yeah, we will give discount for the complexity because we need more people in more processes to operate and to expand that brand to geos, to new channels, which sometimes isn't that easy to do. So, so obviously, you know, here we're talking about transactions too and making deals. I guess, what about deals for you guys? You know, like how much capital have you guys raised to date for the company? Yeah, so like, there's around like 170 million. Part of that is equity. Part of that is venture debt. And this is like the money because like we are EBDA positive. We always were and right now. We all, we're spending all the money on like purchasing uh, brands. So we utilized like maybe half of that money and like still like uh, making deals. So 170 million, I mean, that's, a, that's incredible. Now in this case, it's a little bit different, you know, the way that, uh, that you guys are raising because this is not like the typical, you know, startup or software or things like that. So how is it, you know, to raise money for a company like this versus raising money for like the traditional, you know, let's say e-commerce brand or, 
or or even maybe like a SaaS, you know, company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say like uh, we're still like doing that in pretty much the way that as we are as we were building like just usual startup or just like classical startup. So, um, but definitely because we're using leverage, we have like that. You need to make sure that your equity investors are comfortable with that and do understand the business model. Because from one perspective, it's really great for all equity investors that you can like leverage yourself, which you can't do that much in usual startup because usual startup usually burn money. So like there is no 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 room and no place for debt. But because like we are buying profitable businesses and we are ourselves in group level EBDA positive, we can um, have access to the debt. Uh, but as said, like from one perspective, it's really good because it helps to uh, it helps to sustain and to increase uh, return on equity. But from the other perspective, uh, you have like uh, definitely you need to make sure that you can sustain that debt. Otherwise, it would be a, a huger risk for your equity. So I would say yeah, like in all the the other things, like it's pretty much the same. It's rather like as with any venture investors, I would say like it's definitely the, the first factor. The rather trying to understand like whether you're as a team capable of executing what you're selling. What's really easier for this business model, you don't need to explain it. Like people really understand it like really, really quickly. So okay, this is the pool of the brands that are there. This is the multiples you can uh, apply and you need this much of, of, of like capital you can buy this amount of like contribution margins you can buy this amount of EBDA this is your your evaluation so it's really easy to understand yeah, like what we are doing but the biggest the biggest thing that you need to make sure your like partners your financial partners understand like why your team is capable to do that why you can deliver why you can be in this like it's really easy to understand, but it's really sophisticated business model in terms of like execution. You need not to be only like a great operator of e-commerce brands. You need to be also a great like M and A uh, executor. You need to have like this business developer process. You need to have like diligence. You need to have like closing. You need to have like integration of these brands to your platform. You need to operate in very different. Like we are as Almost everyone in our space, we are category agnostic. So we have brands in pet supply, in art supply, in common kitchen. So you need to have expertise and you need to relate and understand the assortment in very different niches. Uh, also, we are selling in different geos. We are working with supply chain from mainly Asia. So it's it, it, it's really like like very very like long and detailed and very like sophisticated value chain in which we are operating. So you need to like yeah like your financial partners, whether it's equity equity investors or creditors, they need to be confident you as a team know how to execute around that complexity. Because it's like it's really easy to understand what we do and it's really easy to say, okay, like here's the manufacturers, here's other brands, here's like Amazon, here's the clients, they have some needs, here's the performance margin, here's design, here's the packaging. But to execute that, this is the real, like, like the sophistication of this business coming from the, its complexity. There's like really great sayings, like retail is detail. And I'm like, we are experiencing that every day, you know, like every, every day, like we have this like 
for customer to have that like product, whether it's like a bull pump or whether it's like some paint pants, whether it's like something for their cats or some leash or harness, to have that like that uh, happy client. There's like thousands of interaction that should be that should happen starting from your manufacturer with your materials, ending with Amazon with delivery with performance marketing with all the things. So it's really really complex business. And yeah, like 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 to raise in this business model, your financial partner should be uh, confident that you can like deliver and you know how to uh, execute how to deliver in this uh, business model. So so in this case, you know, then uh, let's talk about vision because you know when you raise, you know, also all that uh, money, you know, there's a vision. And um, imagine if you were to go to sleep tonight. And you wake up in a world where the vision of Axel Club is fully realized. What does that world look like? Yeah, I would say like we do have this like two 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 things. Yeah, the first one is like our core business. Even though like our ultimate goal, like uh, me and Max, like is build a company where we can like really attract the greatest talent in the globe, and like to attract like a lot like great capital to, to, to build more than just like consumer packaged goods company. But in the core core, I would say that that would like to have like thousands of different SKUs and would like to deliver superior like experience for clients, for, for, for people, for their just everyday life, for their like everyday needs. Whether you're working with a dog or whether you're playing with a cat or whether you're playing football and need like ball pump or whether you need like some magnets on your refrigerator for like some tasks for stickers. So just like, you know, like our iPhone helping us like to make a lot of things like in digital world, communicate, have, 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 have like different stuff, but still like every person needs all things like in their everyday life. Very small things, but which make your everyday life really great. I said, like whether you're working with a dog or playing with your cat or you're playing football or, or or whatever you do, there's like really like a lot of like physical small products that can make your life much better. And this is where we come in as a gags club and would like to target these needs to bring you superior experience with a very reasonable price within the channels that you love, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Walmart, whether it's Target, whether you have already a price subscription, you can just like order then have it tomorrow when, when you need that. So I would say like it's, yeah, it's like just like helping people within their like everyday life with these small things. And then if we could go to the past with a lens of reflection, imagine if I put you into a time machine and and I give you the opportunity of speaking with that younger Nick, you know, that uh, is still in BCG, you know, thinking about entering the startup world. What would be that one piece of business advice that you would give to your younger self before starting a business and why? I would say like, um, yeah, I'm like, even though like I'm trying to really master that, but still like far away from like ultimate vision, I would say like just like iterate with reality faster. Even though it's like everyone knows that, everyone talking about that, like, fail fast, fail fast, but still like there is so much like underestimation when you're just trying to go to the real world and trying to bring value, trying to disrupt some value chains, trying to bring business, new business models. And like, it's so, so important to iterate with the reality fast. 
And yeah, so I was just like trying to convince myself even more, you know, like even even like a huge, like like bigger extent, like to do that. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Now, for the people that are listening, that uh, would love to reach out and say hi, what is the best way for them to do so, Nick? Yeah, the best way is just to reach to me in LinkedIn. I'm all like let's say like all answering all the incoming requests. Uh, I'm a big fan of like uh, zero inbox, and or just like go to our website, which is excelclub.com or excel.club, and there is like also like our contacts, whether it's like, job job open roles right now, or whether you have great brand, or you just like like to talk about our business model, maybe like to offer some other partnership, we'll be happy to 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 talk to you. Amazing. Well, hey, Nick, it has been an absolute honor to have you with us on the podcast. Thank you so, so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. If you like the show, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. If you could leave a review as well, that would be fantastic. And if you got any value, either from this episode or from the show itself, share it with a friend. Perhaps they also appreciate it. So also remember that if you need any help, whether it is with your fundraising efforts or with selling your business, you can reach me at alejandro at pantheraadvisors.com. You've reached the end of another episode of the Dealmakers podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to alejandrocremades.com. Thank you for listening and see you at the next episode.